have a dog even, right? It's, they, he, he plays golf. He does all sorts of things. Their life looks like our life, and their life sounds like our life. And in the midst of, of their life, God interjected himself. God interjected himself and spoke into the moment. And this morning, we're going to hear that story. And this story is really a story of, of life shift. It is a story of God's movement. It's a story of God doing something miraculous and, and something powerful. It's a story of God's, of God's movement. It's a story of, of faith in God in the moment. And what I want you to recognize in this story is that, it, that it's, it's their story, but it's also God's story in them that is for us maybe to be God's story for us. That there's this movement of God, this moment of God's breakthrough, this moment of, of God speaking, this moment of God doing something. I love we sang, uh, that the Harvest sang the song of the Lamb. I mean, some of you have heard that song before. Harvest wrote that many years ago. And it's about these two Moravian guys who literally said, we, we see this people group who do not, who do not have the gospel the only way to get to this island, this place where the, where the gospel, gospel can be shared is by literally selling, our slave, excuse me, selling ourselves into slavery so that we can go to this people and share the gospel. Because a guy, the slave owner said, no Christian will ever, ever share the gospel with my people, my slaves. So they sold themselves into slavery because the lamb is worthy. And so that's one massive story of faith and of trusting God and of doing something crazy. And this morning's going to be it's a, the same story, just a different story being told. And so, Matt, why don't you just start by just kind of briefly just telling us who you are and where you came from and what you do and all that kind of stuff. Okay, thanks. Uh, my name is Matt Waters and... Um... We, we've been going to church here at Vintage for about three years since we moved over to Cedar Crest Road here. And uh, beautiful wife, Jenny, who um, we have three boys together. I, you know, I said the 9 o'clock service, we usually come to 11. But if I'm completely honest, we come at 11.15, you know, because we, uh, we have a 7-year-old and then twins that are 4. So sometimes it's hard to get, get them going. But... Um, but we love it here. We've um, we've enjoyed the community, you know, both living here and and going to church at Vintage, and um, it's uh, it's been a great experience. That's awesome. So just kind of tell us. That, so so in this story, I want you to kind of give the 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 um, kind of description of your family, because like I said, you you guys are like us. So just kind of tell us like the the nuts and bolts of like the the dinner party. Hey, so what do you do? What do you do for a living? That kind of stuff. Just kind of give us the backdrop. Okay, it, you know, it's going to sound incredibly exciting. I'm a CPA, you know, a certified public accountant. <laughs> Thank you. And, um, and we've lived a, a great life. You know, we've, um, we've had, a, you know, I've had good jobs and um, we've been able to, to live in a, a big house, you know, and even on the golf course over here. And um, Jenny stays at home with our boys. We're, we're blessed to be able to do that. And, um, you know, God, uh, God provided for us. We, um, 
you know, I, I can even just list little things like um, about a year ago, I bought a new truck. I don't know if anybody likes trucks, but I, I bought my dream truck. It was a Z71, you know, I loved it. And uh, even, you know, even had a, a big green egg, you know, I was cooking on barbecue on the weekends and, uh, and you know, Steve mentioned playing golf. And so, uh, you know, things have been, things have been great. Um, even was fortunate to be involved in a lot of uh, small groups and, I, uh, I got the opportunity to lead a men's group and, um, you know, have been blessed in that area as well. Um, I've been a Christian for a long time, you know, since I was a child, loved Jesus. So, um, I think that's it in yeah. a nutshell. Yeah, so I think I want you to get the picture in, in Matt's story. I mean, Matt's, I mean, Matt's a, he loves Jesus, right? Leading Bible studies, being obedient, kind of living the American dream, good job. And, uh, and in that, he even said at one point, it's like I just reached this point of recognizing this contentment. Like, I feel like I've... But, you know, as I said to Jenny one day, it's like, I, I just feel content. Everything I've worked for, everything I want, hey, I have that. And so, uh, and, and then some, in, in, in the midst of that, just talk about the stirring that you, the stirring that you felt. This is stirring that you felt in your life in the midst of, of the American dream that you were living. Sure. I, um, yeah, I really was. I, I thought I was totally content. And like Steve said, I told Jenny one day, I, you know, I'm so happy with our life. We've got a great family and. And, um, you know, we're, we're living in a great community, but, you know, every now and then I would feel these, um, these, I guess, longings or, or maybe stirrings of discontentment that made me think, well, maybe there's something more. Um, I remember one time I got home from, I managed to get off work early and I drove home and I was going to pick up my, my six year old at the time and we we're going to go play golf. And, um, I pulled into my driveway and there's a, a man there. He was cutting my grass. You know, and and um, and then I went in the house to change clothes and and a lady was in there cleaning the house, you know, and, you know, not that there was anything wrong with with any of those things, you know, it's fine to play golf. And um, but I just felt something that, wow, this, this feels a little strange. You know, I, I'm working really hard and I'm kind of working for for this, you know, for material things and and to go play golf. And, you know, I, I just remember that as kind of a milestone moment that I thought, well, something's a little off here. I I want to think about this for more, some more. But yeah. So so what I want you to hear as we kind of dive into the story is Matt and Jenny are living their life and nothing wrong. That's really important. No, it's like they're not in massive sin, at least I know of. Right. Right. No massive sin, no massive issues. There's nothing really going on. But there's just and there's a level of enjoyment in life. And that's fantastic. We celebrate that. But that there was this underlying stirring of discontent of is is this something i'm really this is this what i'm living for is this all that i'm living for living for for this and so and i think i want you to hear that because i think every single one of us there 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 are those moments of our life where we just kind of reach a point going oh there has to be something different something more right uh, uh, something deeper which is kind of what you're describing and you felt in the moment so so in that talk about how that, that that's happening and then you guys take your trip to Orange Beach. And this became a, a kind of a, a, a kind of a life shattering moment of sorts. Once you share just what happened in that moment and then from from what that kind of stirred inside uh, of you. OK, Jenny and I had an opportunity to go down to Orange Beach, Alabama, which was beautiful. And, and we got to go with no kids. So, Woo-hoo. you know, um, I dropped off, I think. Maybe two sons. We love you, kids. We love you. But sometimes <laughs> exactly. there's a space from you, you say. 
So we dropped off two sons, maybe with Jenny's mom and, and one son with my parents, you know, because nobody wants to handle all three at one time. But um, but we we were kid free and we went down there with the expectation of just having a completely relaxing, you know, almost not even think about anything weekend. And we get down and, and we go out to the beach and we're sitting in our chairs and it's a beautiful day. Uh, people are all around us and um, I'm just I'm listening to music. I think Jenny's reading a book and and it was just completely what we wanted. Uh, nice and relaxing. And um, all of a sudden I see this lifeguard run right past me and um, he's got his, his little red torpedo looking thing and dives in the water. And then a bunch more come after him, you know, there are literally like 10 lifeguards come. And then um, these uh, sea-doos start showing up and they're they're pulling the stretchers behind the sea-doos. And there's like three of those all circling around a little further out. And then from from the Bay Area, there's this uh, this these two police boats come out and they're, you know, sirens going and full speed. And, and then, you know, a helicopter comes out. So they're all in these these circles kind of going out into the uh, into the gulf there and uh, of course we realize somebody's in trouble i start looking around and realize it's the guy who was sitting right next to us and i'd seen him out playing in the surf he was um he was in perfect shape i mean um just a picture of fitness having a great time with his with his kids in the ocean found out later that he was exactly the same age as me and um and then so we're we're watching this unfold you know just kind of in shock and um and then um, after about 20 minutes, the lifeguards had, had done their sweep and they were regrouping. And then really from me to this front row of chairs, um, this man's body just washed up like exactly where he had stepped into the ocean. He, you know, the, the gulf spit him back out. And um, and so, of course, we we just see that and, and don't really know what to think. But, um, you know, we we started processing it, you know, that trip and on the way home. And and, you know, one thing I remember thinking was, well, why were we there? You know, why did we witness that, you know, literally 10 yards away? And and also, you know, as I went back and we left the hotel, of course, got in my brand new truck, you know, and, and thoughts about that came too. like, well, who cares what kind of truck that man was driving? You know, and, and that made me start thinking, well, what does matter, you know? Um, what do I, what would I care about if I were in his position? What would I wish I had done? You know, and, um, and it, it made me, one thing, start to think about making decisions with eternity in mind. And, um, and it also really made me look at what, uh, what I enjoy, what I feel like makes a difference. You know, in my job as an accountant, I've, I've, um, I've been able to lead people and, um, you know, once a year, you know, twice a year, you have performance appraisals where people they report to you come into your office and it's one on one. And and I've I've been fortunate to talk with people and help them in their careers and realize I really enjoy that and and making a difference in people's lives uh, really inspires me. So I started thinking, well, well, what could I do um, where I could have people in my office maybe even every day or multiple times a day where they would have a problem, I'd be able to help them with it. And, um, and I, I just started having those thoughts. Yeah. So again, I want you to see this, right? We just, God's doing this discontent piece. And obviously it's a, a, a terrible, terrible accident occurs in that moment. You know, the, the response and uses awareness of eternity, awareness of mortality, even awareness of what really you're living for in life. And, 
Uh, and obviously you just kind of ended by talking about the impact, the love you have of impacting people individually. So talk about um, kind of where that, just where that led you. Obviously, we, we know when you look backwards, but in look, so looking back to look forward, talk about what that really began. You put, God began to put his finger on um, as something that was stirring inside of you. Sure. I um, And it's a, it's a completely logical leap, right, that uh, CPA would, would start thinking these thoughts. And then I decided, well, I think I want to be a doctor. And... Um, and so I, of course, uh, yeah. see if you had a doctor, it makes, makes sense. sense. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome, man. So, um, I started looking into, um, what it would take for me to become a physician and, um, and realized that it was achievable. You know, there, there's a program in Kentucky that, um, that it's for career changers and, and basically it, it takes you from being a, a doctor. I mean, a, a, a CPA or a lawyer or a teacher or, or anything like that. And, and, um, and they put you through kind of like a fast track to become a physician because um, there's a shortage of um, especially rural physicians. So I started looking into that and, um, and kind of became inspired by it. Yeah, and I think the part that Matt didn't say is that this is something that got it stirred years before, right? Yeah, it stirred years before. And so. Yeah, I, I thought about this when I was 18. Yeah, I, I, um, I started out in, in chemistry, um, right, first semester in college. And I was working full time and, um, you know, having fun with my friends and, uh, didn't go to class, didn't study that much. So I didn't do that well in chemistry. You know, it's a big shock. Right. But but um, and then in my wisdom as an 18 year old, I thought, well, uh, I didn't do well in chemistry. Therefore, I should not become a doctor. And I just let that go and, and um, you know, decided that, well, I could I can major in business and and that'll help me in any profession to have a, a business grounding. But then, you know, life progressed. Um, was successful in, in the business career and um, ended up um, majoring in accounting and I got an MBA and, and then passed the CPA exam. So, you know, I was, I was set for a good career. And, and then, um, you know, Jenny and I got married, you know, had a family, bought a house and, you know, all these things. And so life was just busy and I uh, didn't think about it for a long time. Yeah. And so I want you to again, I want you to see the stirring. Right? So God is moving Matt in this moment, uh, awakening thoughts and, and specifically this idea of shifting from CPA to leaving this world behind uh, to um, to become a physician. And what you didn't talk about was the specific physician to you mentioned, but to to rural to rural areas at risk people. Um, and so just talk real quick, like, again, is this something, so this, this, this shift and was it super easy? You thought, my gosh, I can't wait to share it with Jenny. She's going to be so excited. Was that kind of how it happened? No, I was very intimidated to tell Jenny <laughs> about it. <laughs> you know, she, um, you know, you want to be a provider for your family. Uh, you know, that's, that's a, a goal of mine. So, you know, it was hard to tell her. I didn't even want to tell her at first. I, I prayed a lot about it before I even shared with her that, um, that I was having these thoughts um, yes, it, it was very hard to to start bringing it up with her and with other people that that care about me, you know, because it does. Uh, I admit it sounds crazy. I, I thought I was, you know, personally, I thought I was crazy a few times. But um, but, yeah, it, it really um, I, as I kept thinking about it, eventually I, I shared with Jenny and, and she's been um, super supportive, of course. That's good. So in the midst of all of this, the shifting, there's so much stirring. You said, I feel crazy, probably on an everyday basis. 
Then you have uh, your fateful run along the Chattahoochee River. Why don't you tell us about that run? Yeah, so I, I like to run, and I uh, have a, a trail close to my work down the Cumberland area that um, it runs beside the Chattahoochee River. So um, one day I, I was thinking, praying a lot about these things, and decided to go before work and, and run uh, up this ridge. And um, so I was, I was just coming along and, and really, really praying and saying, God, you know, this does seem crazy. Um, it, it almost seems impossible, but... You know, if it's from you, I, you know, I want to do it, but I, I need to hear from you. I need to have confirmation that this is what I should do. And then and this is kind of a, a hard part to describe, um, and I'll do my best. But basically, I was walking along through the woods, and, um, and it, was, it was just a crisp, nice morning. And, and, um, and as I'm walking, all of a sudden, I feel the environment change around me, like literally... Um, to such an extent that the only way I can describe it is that I felt like I was one second walking through regular woods in the air, and the next second I'm walking underwater. Uh, it like was this just, is a physical experience you're experiencing. Exactly. It yeah. felt it felt so the, the the environment changed to such an extent. That's the only way I can describe it. And then uh, God started speaking to me, like, um, and um, and I'll just quote as best I can what He said. You know, he said that uh, this is a, a noble calling. He said, I am the great physician, and it's okay that you want to do this. And um, and then, you know, it was gone. I was uh, back to the normal woods again. But, um, and, and I, I just felt so overwhelmed by the presence of God that, I, you know, the first thought in my head was just worshiping and, and praising Him for that. Uh, well, basically, I, He showed me some of His glory there. So... Um, and then and then after that, I started really analyzing what he had said, you know, and I realized that was so beautiful what he said to me about that. He is the great physician, because to that point, I've been thinking in terms of of career changes or, you know, professions that I could be happy in, you know, and, and making a difference in people's lives was great. But really, at that moment, I realized, well, you know, Jesus is all about healing and uh, he is the great physician. And and so becoming a, a doctor is is actually, um, in a way, being Christ-like, you know, and helping people uh, to bring healing to people. So um, from that point on, I really started to pursue the, um, you know, I viewed it as a calling and then begin to pursue it more earnestly. Yeah, that's very cool. And so I think the piece I want you to see, guys, in this again is here's Matt, this crazy stirring, things are going on, hizzy crazy. And I love that picture, man. I just, and I just say, good job. And I love how you brought that to the Lord, right? It's like, God, I, I, I want to obey you, but I, so therefore I need to know what you're doing. And, and, and I love that, you know, that picture even once, you know, God does this really kind of miraculous thing, you know, which I love that he, he makes it, you know, I, God does these big things sometimes so dense people get it. Maybe you're dense. I'm just kidding. No, no, seriously, God does these big things sometimes, right? And it's such a beautiful piece, right, of how God confirms. And, and, and I love that for you. And I, loved, and I love how you immediately then kind of begin to take this extra step, right, of, all right, God, I've, I've listened to you. I've heard you. I've experienced you. And now I'm going to walk uh, in obedience to you. One of the things that Matt uh, did in the midst of that uh, so he went to Cedartown and began to shadow 
uh, a, a doctor uh, there. Just, just briefly kind of just talk about that experience, because obviously you wanted to kind of get some experience, honestly build your resume, but should figure out, man, all right, God, then I want to at least see if this is something I'm passionate about. Just briefly tell us about that experience. Yeah, well, it's one example of God just really opening doors in this journey. But I called the hospital. I had no idea about volunteering or anything. I said, I'd like to volunteer. And she said, well, when would you like to volunteer? And I said, well, I have a a full-time job and a family. I'd like to volunteer in the middle of the night, you know, so I wouldn't interfere with with the other things. And she said, well, let me check on that. We've never had anybody do it before. And she called me back and said, okay, you can volunteer in the middle of the night. So I did, and it was a little weird. You know, most volunteers are students or they're retired people, right? And I'm squarely in the middle of that. Mm -hmm. And people didn't know how to respond to me. I look like a CPA, but I'm there in the middle of the night, and I say I want to be a doctor. Um, and I actually got reported to administration. Uh, they suspect me of being a corporate spy. Uh, <laughs> but um, they continued to let me volunteer, and, and it was a, a great experience. Yeah, it's really neat. So one of the stories that then Matt told after that is this. Again, I, I love this work because you'll see in the story this c- continual confirmation God doing little things here and there to to confirm and to just to say yes and yes and yes and so one of them Matt will tell it in one of the stories I'm just going to tell the part of it but you know Matt was is is looking at different stuff and he connects with a buddy of his that he had not seen in about 10 years and in the midst of this he you know this guy was in real estate but he begins to talk and and find that this guy actually his his buddy has been in 10 years is actually uh, working for basically a medical group and specifically a doctor who is doing almost exactly what Matt is thinking about doing. And it's a complete random call, nothing expected, but God makes this intersection for him. And just kind of talk about meeting him, what you, what you experienced in that word that he spoke that was really, really defining for you guys. Yeah, so my friend Michael, who I hadn't seen in 10 years, um, I just tried to track him down um and um you know i put in quotes randomly he he happened to be in his old office where he hadn't worked in about five years he had just stopped by you know to see an old buddy and i called his office i asked to speak with him and they said hold on and and he came on the line but you know it turned out that he um he was just there for like a once a year type of visit but uh he didn't work there anymore he worked for um this uh this nonprofit called project horseshoe farm and um, and so Michael, my buddy, and and his friend, a, a physician um, named John, they uh, they're running this nonprofit in Alabama, and it's in it's in Greensboro, Alabama. It um, it's in one of the poorest sections, really, of the whole country, and um, and they've they've got this organization that truly makes a difference for the most vulnerable people in that community, and um, you know specifically, it's it's women. Um, with uh, with mental disabilities, and it's at-risk children. And so we got the opportunity, Jenny and I, uh, to go over and visit with Michael and John and see what they're doing. And, and John, he was a successful physician in California. He went to medical school on the West Coast. And, and uh, one day he decided just to pack up his car and drive to Alabama and start this organization. So, you know, I'm trying to get a sense of why and and how he did this. And one thing he said that really stood out and, and inspired us, you know, he said, everybody serves something, but most people serve comfort. 
And, you know, it's just, it was um, kind of a moment there where, where we thought, you know, I don't want it to be said to me that that's what I serve. That's good. Yeah, and I think that's powerful, um, this idea of, because um, I think that that really does tell so much of our story that if we're honest with ourselves and our attention, that if in our culture, especially in our culture, I mean, do you, do you know people? Because I'm sure you don't, right? Do you know people who, who live for comfort? Who live for, for their own comfort. They live for their own ease. And this doctor basically is saying, I left everything. What's not, what, one part Matt didn't tell, I thought was really cool. This guy bought this big farm. And, and, and then he built like a 300 square foot, almost like he said tree house. And he lives in the tree house, basically. And, and these women, these children live in the home. And it's this idea of just, just giving his life away. And I know that, I mean, as Matt talked about, that was really, really impactful for him. So in the midst of all of this, right, you've, you've gone through and, and you've applied to medical school and God's still doing all this stuff. And you're reading books and you're praying and you and Jenny are having conversations you never would have dreamed about having a year and a half ago. Right. And, and, and life changing. And then. And then you get, and you've been praying, we, hey, God, if you don't want us to go to medical school, then I pray you would just close that door. And it comes back, you've been accepted to medical school. And talk about what happens from there leading into the, another fateful Sunday morning. Right. So, so we found out on a Thursday that I had been accepted um, to medical school. And, you know, of course, it was, uh, it was, it was awesome. We are so happy. And. Um, celebrated for a few days, and then the reality started sinking in. You know, well, medical school is in Kentucky, and you know our house and my job and everything, our friends are here, and so we started having to think through this list of uh, things we'd have to do. You know, we got to put the house on the market. I've got to find a job. I have to quit my job, and um, and all. Jenny, these... were you overwhelmed, Jenny? Yes, <laughs> a little bit, a little bit, whatever. <laughs> so. And, you know, Steve said that I'm, I may be dense. Well, you know, I started driving to church on Sunday and um, and I'm, I'm thinking, OK, God, you, you did confirm in the woods and you did get me in. But if you could confirm one more time, that would be nice. And I'd love to hear a word in the sermon this morning, you know, just a little something that would that would um, confirm this and just help me know that I'm on the right track. So that was my. That was my prayer, just in the car and with the boys probably screaming in the back, you know, on the way to church. That's awesome. And so you came in on Sunday and uh, and God and God begins to move. Talk about what happened. Yeah, well, it was interesting because Steve got up and um, there was a, a first part of that service. And then the, he got up a little later than usual. And he said, oh, I'm only going to talk for five minutes. Whatever. <laughs> so, you know, I'm kind of thinking, well, okay, well, God can speak to me in five minutes. You know, that's no problem. But uh, then he goes into the scripture, and it's a passage from Luke. And um turns out it's the story of Matthew, who, um, you know, that's my name. And um, and Matthew is a tax collector, you know, accountant, <laughs> if you will. And um, and it's a story of, of his call. And, and so Matthew was doing his job, and Jesus came along and said, Matthew, follow me. And. And Matthew got up and followed him. And then later, later, soon after, Matthew uh, threw a big party at his house for Jesus and invited all his tax collector friends. And the, the Pharisees um, looked at that happening and said, Jesus, you know, this is ridiculous. You're you're having dinner with all these sinners. And um, Jesus, you know, looked at them and said, well, um, 
you know, it's not the well who need a doctor, it's the sick. You know, and I've, I've come to, to um, save the sinners. And, um, and that, um, of course, I'm thinking that's awesome, right? You know, that's perfect. And I'm kind of squeezing Jenny's hand, and, um, and um, it was it's amazing. It's the Jesus squeeze you give, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. Exactly. But, um, but then Steve, and I know this because I checked with him later, um, you know, he has a part of a sermon where he has the scripture and the, and the notes that he, um, that he has for a sermon. But then at the very end, he says what he feels like the Holy Spirit um, is leading him to say. And, um, and so he starts into that section and, and he, um, he started speaking basically on behalf of Jesus to the congregation. And, um, you know, he said something like, um, you know, in Jesus's words, when you get to heaven, I'm going to run to you and we're going to jump around in circles and laugh and cry and and uh, hug each other because, you know, we're so happy to see each other. And I'm going to say, well done. And um, I'm going to say, well done, not because you abstained from sin. I'm going to say, well done, because you gave your life to me and you let me live my life through you. Um, and uh, to those who are sick and in need of a physician. And and then Steve said, so this morning we're going to just simply respond to that. And he starts praying. He says, God, you've uh, you've called me to focus on you. You've called me to growth and maturity. Uh, you've called me to follow you. You've called me to be a doctor and a physician to those who are in need. And then at the very end, uh, Steve said, so now, you know, just to the congregation, he says, so now I release you to go be a physician. You know, so. um so, of course, we, um, we received the confirmation that I prayed for. <laughs> That's very cool. That is funny. Um, we actually tried to get, pull that sermon up, and we couldn't get it pulled up this morning so you could actually hear the words. But, but I think this is beautiful. So, again, I want you to see in the midst of this, right, just this, this movement of God. And even as Harvest was talking about earlier, right, it's like this is like we had the, the, the Moravian story. Then we have Matt's story. And then there are those of us who are living our life every day, right, in the, in the context. I want you to, in the stirring that we have, this discontent that Matt named, right, probably most of you are not called to be a physician, Literally. But the idea is that God's calling each of us these different things. And so I hope that we again this morning just begin to see the stirring of God uh, through this, this discontent, the movement of God, the desire of God and, 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 and what he wants to do in and through us. And so, Matt, just briefly then tell us again, in the midst of this, you know, you're taking these really for in massive steps of obedience. I mean, really, that's what they, they, they are and they feel like that. Massive steps would be you're selling your truck, you're, you're in, getting a Honda Civic of all things. God forbid, right? It's like you are selling, selling your home. You had to get rid of the green egg, right? It's like all these pieces, right? And, and so you see all this stuff. And, and I know that, you know, you guys prayed at one time, God, just take we in our desire for, for material possessions, Lord, as we, as we, as we take this step. But just share with us, I know there are a couple of stories, and there are lots and lots. I encourage some of you, like, take, take Matt and Jenny out there and buy them a meal, buy them a meal, right, and, or a coffee or something, and just hear the whole story. It's fantastic. Uh, but tell them just a couple of, like, the really neat miracle things that are small things but really huge things for you all, just God's blessings that he gives and just in y'all's obedience that you, that you had. Okay, yeah, so... You know, it's been it's been incredible. We we started thinking about where we're going to live in Kentucky 
And to start with, I, knowing nobody there or nothing about the community, I started thinking about student housing. And they had a basically dorm rooms, you know, for families, married students or something. And it was like a two-bedroom, one-bath dorm room, you know, uh, with, with cinder block walls. And thinking, well, that okay, we can do that. But, uh, of course, we weren't that excited about it. Um, Why not? Yeah. <laughs> and it was, I mean, it was actually pretty pricey. Um, <laughs> And, and then we started looking at, well, what other houses could we afford? And, you know, maybe if we would rent a house or buy a house. So we started looking at the houses in our price range, and they were less than um, less than <laughs> what we would like, too. Like, I remember going to look at one house, and our seven-year-old had gone upstairs before us, and he came back down, and he's like, this place stinks. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's literally, it had an odor, you know. So, so we... Um, we were looking for that, and then one night I was here. I was working really late. I, I think I worked till about 11 o'clock one night, and I, I was coming home, and Jenny had sent me a text that she had found the perfect house, and it was in our price range. And um, I'm telling you, like down to the little knobs on the cabinets, and the color of the cabinets, the color of the countertops, the floors, uh, the paint on the walls. It had all been freshly remodeled, and it was exactly what she likes. You know what she would pick out. Um, if she could just design a house herself. So, of course, we're really excited about it. And, and we start looking online. You know, when you look, there's the disclosures that tell you, okay, are there in termites? Is it in a flood zone? Um, and part of the disclosures was a list of the renovations that the company had done to this house. And they, um, they were extensive. But the cool part about that is at the very top it said, list of improvements made by Jehovah Jireh, LLC. And... Uh, Jehovah Jireh means God, our provider. So, you know, it's just just amazing um, the way he provided that. And, and we're driving up there to, to actually the next day we drove up and put a contract on the house. And um, and Jenny looked at me. She said, you know, this is amazing. Um, are we really that special that there would be a house custom made for us? And you know, we agreed, well, you know, I guess we are. Um, and the other part of it was the job. Um, you know, um, I've got three kids and and um, and I've got to provide. But I was looking for really uh, any job. You know, at one point I thought about working at UPS to to like sort boxes at the airport facility in the middle of the night. You know, um, that was appealing because they offer some tuition uh, reimbursement. And then I thought about uh, being a scribe, which is involves following a doctor around, you know, with like an iPad and and typing in his notes or the chart as he goes. And that would be cool because it, um, it provided a great experience. Of course, then I, I found out it paid um, $7 an hour. So, you know, but these things are all things that I've continued to consider, basically just praying that, okay, God, you know what job is, is right for me. Um, I know you'll lead me to it. So one day, kind of out of the blue, a, a physician from the university called me up, and it turns out that uh, he is a... Uh, cardiologist and he's a scientist and so he he's the director of the um, cardiac intensive care unit at the university hospital and he has a clinic that he sees patients in and um, and he has a research lab where he um, he receives grant money from like the National Institute of Health and um, he conducts research on, uh, on cardiology patients and um, he explained all this to me. He said, you know, Matt, I've, I've had a lot of success here, um, really so much so that the the school has approved this new position 
um, for me to have some administrative support. And he had, he had found my resume and he said, you know, I like your background because you have an interest in medicine, but you have this business experience. Um, you know, so one thing uh, led to another. I had a, a nice interview with him and uh, found out this past week that I've been offered that position. And uh, thank you. And it's, uh, it's amazing. You know, it, it has full health benefits. Um, you know, life insurance and everything. And it's a university job, so they cover tuition, too. So. Yeah, so in the midst of all this, I really do encourage you at time. I know these guys are leaving soon, but, but there's just so many little things, right? And, um, you know, different, and, I, and, and we're, I'm about to take some time to just pray for you guys before y'all go, and I'm going to have you get on the floor here in a second and pray. But um, you know, it's one of those things that if you listen to their story, if you sit down, it, again, I mean, he felt like he was crazy. People told him he was crazy. He had family members who were like, oh, I'm not real sure about this, and all sorts of people who were giving great questions like, hey, what are you going to do with health care, and what are you going to do for a house, and all these types of things. And, and in the midst of that, and I love this, you know, Matt said, I'm just, I'm just going to trust Jesus in faith. I just have faith in Jesus. And it wasn't like a blind, stupid faith, right? It was, no, we're praying and we're doing the things that we know we're supposed to do. And we are, and we are leaning in and I'm making phone calls and I am networking and making connections. But so it's not just, it's, it's active faith, trusting and believing and, and putting myself out there. But ultimately at the same time, it's saying, but even at the end of the day, we really have no idea what we're going to do with housing. We don't know how we're going to pay for all of this. And I don't have a job and, um, and, and all of these things. And that's crazy. I mean, it is, right, in, in the eyes of the world. And, and so there's that tension. And, and, and God came through in big ways and confirmation and speaking and and it's so beautiful how God is as a loving father, because we are that special. I mean, I just love that. I and mean, Jesus is like, are we really that special? And Matt's like, I guess we are. You know, I just love that. I mean, literally, I just love how you said it. I love because and I think that's the piece for us this morning. It's like how many of us struggle with that piece? Identity in Christ. Who are we? Do we really feel like we are that special to him that he cares about the knobs on the drawers at the house that Jehovah Jireh provides. And in that, and in the midst of all that, he's still saying, but man, this is hard. This is difficult. Like, I, you, you need to sit down and hear the story because it wasn't like it was just all sunshine and roses. I mean, we, like we would sit and he'd say, man, this happened this week and so-and-so said this. And, and it wasn't necessarily an attack, but it was just these questions that caused a questioning that caused like faith, not necessarily to waver, but for faith to be challenged. And so, you know, so in hearing of someone else's story and you get to hear the kind of, in a sense, at least the, from the beginning to the end, it's like you just got the 30 minute version of a story that's been happening over the la- over the last year and all the questions and difficulties. And I'm, and, I, and I'm making that point for this very reason, as we sit in our discontent and we have this stirring inside of us and, we look to other things to try to gratify 
and to satisfy those types of things. Things that, that Matt and Jenny can attest to. Hey, they were, those things were a part of our life. Not necessarily sinful things, but they were things that we looked to for, for, in, for pleasure, for enjoyment. And, and in the moment, God's stirring a discontent. He's stirring it in you. That's why we're telling the story. Not just so we can go, hey, way to go, waters. No, we're telling the story because it's your, it's your story. It's your story. It's a story of God looking at you and content and in love with you, but discontent with you just staying in status quo and your life never actually making a difference. Randall and I were, we were mentored by a guy named Elmer Murdoch. We sat with him. He was 75 years old. His, 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 little, uh, his, his hearing aid was just as loud as his voice the entire time we talked, literally, right? And he was literally leaving the next day to go to China. Because he had written this, this, this track called Step Up to Life they had put in Mandarin. He was leaving and he looked at us. Listen, he followed A.W. Tozer at his church in Chicago in the 60s. For those of you who know that name, pretty big deal, right? A.W. Tozer followed him. Then he came to Omaha, Nebraska, of all places, and, and started Trinity Interdenominational Church, right? It's an incredible church that we got to be a part of. And he sat there as a 75-year-old man and said, Steve, man, I just figured it out and I hit 70. What I'm stepping into right now, that's what I was actually created for. All of that just prepared me. This, this, what I'm doing right now excites me more than anything I've done in my entire life. And we sat there and said, Jesus, we cannot live the status quo life I want to be Elmer Murdoch when I'm 75 years old. Discontent, people, is God's gift of preparation to make us stop looking at what we always look at every day. So we'll look at Jesus, and when we look at him, the call is to things that are broken in need of being fixed. And he says, my eyes range, this is a scripture, from that my eyes range to and fro throughout the earth to see and to find those whom I can strongly support. And so I wanted you to hear Matt and Jenny's story because that's what happened here. There was a contentment. It wasn't like this like massive discontentment stirring in his life. Oh, I hate my life. No, it's like, man, it's like this like nagging thing. And then God begins to speak. And then God begins to confirm. And then all of all kind of hell breaks loose of questioning and concerns and fears and doubts like it happens in all of us. But they were special. Just like all of you, Matt said. And so this morning, I'm going to pray for Matt and Jenny. So I'd like to invite you all to come up here to the front. Matt and Jenny is I'm just going to pray. I'll take that for you, bro.